Hello, everybody, and welcome back to WCAT The Den. I'm Ethan. I'm Matthew Posner. And this is our episode five, number, numero cinco, of what are we going to be doing? Talking about sports. And to start off, we're going to be starting off with the big, big games of the week, which were obviously the NFL playoffs, if we can't talk about NFL any more than we have already have on these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, but you might as well start with the hot topic, and that is the AFC and NFC championships. So... First game we had Chiefs Titans. You could take this one. I will begin to take this one. All right. This game was exactly what I anticipated. A game where the Titans are just outclassed. Now, I didn't anticipate Derrick Henry to get completely stopped on the ground the way that the Chiefs defense did because Derrick Henry had 19 carries. That's a that's a low in the playoffs for him for only 69 yards and a touchdown. You can't do that especially when your quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. And no offense to Tannehill. And when you look at the Chiefs, Mahomes, 294, three touchdowns, had 53 yards on the ground and a touchdown too. He's just unstoppable. And if you don't have a defense that can stand up to Mahomes, which I think the Niners might, but we'll get to that in a minute, the, the Titans didn't have the defense to stop Mahomes and they didn't have the offense to counter what he was able to do offensively. And... The big problem to me here is the Titans rushed three to four all game. They did not run a single play where they're rushing five um, defensive players at Mahomes. You don't bring him pressure. You give him like five, six seconds to throw the ball, you're dead. I mean, you're not going to get anything going uh, defensively. You're going to keep letting Mahomes score, and it's game over. Yeah, letting people like Sammy Watkins, who have done nothing since week two in the regular season, magically gets 114 yards and a touchdown like it's nothing. And then Tyreek Hill, as usual, again, his usual production between the two of them and adding with Mahomes, it's just downright unstoppable. And when basically, if you let Tannehill, as much as I like Tannehill, the Chiefs did play a smart game. They forced Tannehill to actually play and it, compared to what he's not done. He, had a, he actually attempted 31 attempts, which was more combined than he did in the last two games. Yeah. So making him actually play kind of exposed him for not being one of the all-pro quarterbacks, not one of the better ones, and that showed when they gave, what is it, they forced him to be, uh, which the Titans had a lead at the start, and then they lost the lead at half, that forced Santa Hill to throw the ball more, that forced Derek Henry to get the ball less since they weren't winning, which the Titans are amazing, they're unstoppable when they have the lead going into the third quarter and fourth quarter, which that's how they've got most of their wins, but that wasn't showed, and they weren't, weren't, uh, weren't able to overcome the adversity, and that ended up uh, leading to their loss. The big thing with Derrick Henry is before this in the playoffs, he was averaging 10 yards per play. Ten, I mean, first down, first down, first down, touchdown. That's pretty much how it worked. In this game, 21 total um, plays that he made for a combined 65 yards. He's aver- he averaged 3.1 yards per play. And for a team that we talked about all year having absolutely no defense in Kansas City, they stepped up in a big way, and it's why we're sitting here with Andy Reid finally getting his chance to possibly win a Super Bowl. Hopefully they don't choke this time, and hopefully the defense plays the way they did this week. Absolutely. Moving on to the next game, San Francisco Green Bay. I'll start Mm -hmm. this one off. Going to be honest with you, this AFC Championship and NFC Championship, both of them were not really – in my opinion, as exciting as they were hyped up to be. Oh, yeah, no. And that is the reason. That's what happens when you get a sixth seed in the Titans that 
although they they made it there, I don't really believe they fully deserved to be there at the start. And then they same with the same with the Packers as a 13 and three seed, one of the worst 13 and three teams, in my opinion. Don't, do not did not really talent wise. They got downright exposed in this game against mm-hmm. San Francisco. They didn't even score a single point in the first half. They were down 27 nothing. That just kind of showed, and then the game was just garbage points for the Packers. Even though it looks like a 20 to 37, which was the final score in that game, it looks like a closer game. It was nowhere near it. When you got, I mean, what is it? When you got, <laughs> when you got guys like Raheem Mostert, who's really done not much during the season. They have, they have three running backs on that team. They all take turns playing, but Mostert 29 attempts, 220 rushing yards, and four touchdowns. That's just done just. Derrick Henry style. It's Derrick Henry style, but four touchdowns to go with that? I mean, if I had been fantasy, you would have won single-handedly by himself. (laughs) Just imagine if you had him in. (laughs) So I I do the NFL playoff challenge. He scored me 132 because you get the the triple bonus this week. So I scored 132 off one player, which is another side, which is a side of the part. But – the thing is, Raheem Mostert has not been a nobody all season. He's had his games. He's had his days. Tevin Coleman got hurt in the first quarter. He was out. Mostert comes in and becomes the absolute god among men. And the Packers, literally, you could just run the ball every single play, which is pretty much what they did. And they absolutely killed them. Jimmy Garoppolo had one of the best performances in NFL history by a quarterback in the playoffs. 77 passing yards, 6 of 8, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 38 handoffs, and was carried to the Super Bowl. Literally. <laughs> Literally carried to the Super Bowl. And, and I'm not saying that this wasn't – that he was completely carried all season. This game, though – I mean, he he could just stand. I could have been the quarterback for this team, and they probably would have won the game. I mean, I'm, honestly, because all you had to do was stand there and hand the ball off, and everything was pretty much going to square itself out. And Packers, even though they've had a good defensive line and defensive pass rush, they haven't been able to stop the run all year. It's been a big problem, and it really killed them here. And I'm not sure how I feel about the bet, uh, the worst 13 and three team I've ever seen. I don't have one to counter you right now with, but I'm not sure it's the worst. They're not one of the greatest. All they They're did was beat Seattle. Certainly not one of the greatest, yeah. In my opinion, if Seattle was in this game, it would have been a lot closer and a lot more fun to watch if it was a Seattle, San Francisco AFC championship. Too. Yeah, it'd been their third time meeting each other. Seattle won in revenge, but got unlucky. Green Bay had the refs on their side, but this time they didn't, and it was definitely showed why they uh, didn't really deserve to make it to the playoffs. I don't know why anyone was really choosing the Packers to begin with, but. That didn't really show. No, I had them out. I had them out fast. I think a lot of people did too. I thought the Saints would be here, and they were not even close to being here. But we now have, in my opinion, one of the most shocking Super Bowls of all time. And I'm not kidding. If you would have told me last year that the 49ers would be in the Super Bowl this year, I probably would have stopped talking to you about football. Now I apologize to you, and I'm begging on my knees, but this team, and I'm going to go on on a limb here, this team this year has been the most complete team in the NFL. I don't care about the Ravens, honestly. Yes, they were 14-2, and and they definitely looked like the best team. They weren't the most complete because their offenses, yes, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson had an unreal offense, but defensively, they had weaknesses. 
And literally, San Fran has absolutely no weaknesses from position to position. Every single player on that defense can, is capable of making their own plays. 11 people on that defense. And when they're combined as a unit, they're almost unstoppable. And I think the Niners have deserved to be here. They proved it all season long. I was calling it early. They are here for a reason. Now, Kansas City, I'm not too sure about. But I, I, I'll tell you, San Francisco, most complete team. They will have one more game to prove that they might have had one of the greatest seasons to me personally in NFL history. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into our football predictions next week since mm-hmm. we, we don't get too in-depth. We'll, sa- we'll save it so we actually got something to talk Pro about. Pro Bowl time. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll have the Pro Bowl, but... Uh, I don't care about that. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. the Pro Bowl. It's not, not, as, not the, one of the greatest things in the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> Going to be honest with you, but... No, enough about football for now. We got to move on to one of our uh, the more bigger, hotter topics. Is the NCAA is things are still beginning to heat up, and this mm-hmm. week things changed. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um. There is a new number one, which I will get to in a second, but I strongly disagree. Um. <laughs> go ahead. You can start. Yes. New number one is Baylor. The Baylor Bears out of Texas. Wow, Waco, Texas. Yeah, Waco, Texas. Middle of nowhere in Texas. Not really much there except for Baylor University, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, honestly. But, no. This doesn't make any sense at all. And I get that you're in a Power 5 conference. Oh, my God, it's the Big 12. But, really, do they deserve to be here? I'm sorry. And if you look at the game they played last night, they almost lost to Oklahoma last night. And Oklahoma really sucks in anything not named football. They just, uh, I don't get this one. Gonzaga didn't lose the game. In fact, they just came off this week where they had the biggest win in conference in Western and West Coast Conference history. And, you know, let's just let's drop them for that. I don't get the change of heart because Baylor really didn't do anything this past week that went, oh, my God. So I don't get it. Gonzaga should still be number one. Baylor, I'm not even sure, should be number two because I have another team that I'll get to in a second that I think should be higher. But I don't know about this one. What do you think? Do you think Baylor should be number one? Baylor, should be, in my opinion, should be number two. Gonzaga's got five more wins than them under their entire belt. They've been playing well. I mean, I know you're going to probably say uh, San Diego State should be number one. If I be saying Not number say, one. No number one. But they should be higher. Kansas they have three losses. Don't know how they're... They have no reason to be up here at all. Yeah, they, None. They're still ranked number three. Don't know why they're, but it's definitely a battle between Baylor and Gonzaga for that top two, in my opinion. But... Because yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the only teams besides uh, San Diego State with one loss. So, yeah. d- definitely should be higher up there. And, I mean, in the coaches' poll, they have Gonzaga up there, and that's, that's one I more believe in. But other than that, I don't... I, th- I think Baylor... As, as you said, they almost lost to Oklahoma, and there's no, other, there's no one else in the Big 12, I believe, in the top 25. So who, who have they beaten that they deserve to be that high? Sorry to interrupt you. Kansas is number three, um, and they are in the Big 12, but they haven't played oh, them yet. Oh, oops. Haven't played them yet, though. So. Yeah. And just to keep in mind, too, Baylor, this game, um, the Oklahoma game was after the AP poll was announced, so that might be a reason, too. But I'm going to get to San Diego State, as you said. 19-0, and haven't lost. Why are they not number one? Um, I get that they don't have the same schedule. They're still in a pretty damn good conference in the Mountain West with Nevada, UNLV, who's having a really good year, and I don't know how they're not in this. But it, it, I think San Diego State has been the best team all year, and they should be number one. 
I think if it, if it were me, top three would be San Diego State, Gonzaga, Baylor. That would be how I would go with it. I obviously am probably alone. but And then Kansas, four. But I think San Diego State's been the best team. I think they should be a number one seed this year when March Madness comes if they don't lose more than three games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a good chance to do it, too. I mean, there's nobody ranked in their conference apart from them. They came in at number 25 early on in the season, and I don't know how they've only gone up to this spot after winning 19 straight games, and it doesn't make any sense to me. I would love to see them have a San Diego State as a number one seed in March Madness, in my opinion. That would be so. ridiculous, too. I, I would love to see it. Hoping for them to keep on going. but Yeah, me too. Moving on from there, we gotta, we'll got we'll skip over Florida State. Florida State's been equally consistent. They deserve to be mm-hmm. five. But moving to Louisville, number six, up five spots. That's a huge win in North Carolina in Duke's mm-hmm. State Home Stadium. Came out with a win, six-point win, 79-73. They're looking great right now. They really are. And Louisville's big, big uh, strength, Louisville's is, they have the ability to drive inside with some of the best teams in the nation. They, they really are. And as I'm pulling up the stats for uh, players real quick, it, yeah, Jordan Wara. This kid's averaging 20 points, seven boards. Doesn't pass the ball very much. But 47% from the field, 43% from three for a guy who really isn't known for his three-point shot. And when you have everybody on this team in the starting lineup averaging at least 40% from three, I mean, apart from their center, they, they've really got something of culture building here, and I think Louisville will be right in the conversation for March Madness. Good team to talk about. Um, that kid, Jordan Nwora, is a beast. All yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been playing great. Other than that, Duke falls all the way down to eight. Mm-hmm. Well deserved, too. And then Villanova is on the rise. Mm-hmm. They've been winning, and they've been winning with ease. They only got three losses. One of those is against San Diego State, and I went and looked it up. <laughs> yeah. So that, that is one of their statement wins for uh, San Diego State. But Villanova, after a huge win against DePaul, I remember watching that game. More, Rip DePaul, by the way. I know. They've been on the fall. But they Villanova was oh, has always been one of the better teams in March Madness. They've, have been they, be. they've been here every year. And they're, what is it? They started off not with the greatest start. Had a, had a few hiccups, but now they're wake, making their way back up, and they're hot. And watch for them to keep moving up in these rankings. But on to number ten, I w- I'm going to take this one. Go ahead. Seton Hall, out mm-hmm. of out of nowhere, basically ranked 18th last week. Jump up eight spots after two huge statement wins. First off, I think, believe it was Tuesday, came off. They went to they went into Butler into Hinkle Stadium yeah. and beat number five Butler. Butler was yes. looking like, un- like unstoppable the entire year. Miles Powell having some like MVP-type stats and MVP-type year. He had 29 points in that game. He's averaging 23. Yeah, he's, he's just been downright unstoppable. And then after that, they go, and I believe they uh, – I'm pulling it up. They uh, seen had another huge win, slowly but surely finding it. Sorry if I'm s- stalling. <laughs> I think they beat St. John's. I'm yeah. not too sure about that. Is it St. John's? It was, it was one of the better teams. I, I can't find it right now. Yeah, they, it was they've St. Been on, they've been on a roll. Eight straight. Yes. So, I want to talk about your Oregon Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the thing. Pac-12 this year is definitely better than it has been in recent years, right? And so, Oregon has to come in here. And if you look at who they played recently, 
Played both the Washingtons, Arizona, and both the Arizonas. How about that? Um, got creamed by Washington State. They've had a bit. They've had a rough past couple weeks in terms of. Uh, they haven't won any big. They haven't won big in any games they've played in the Pac-12. They're solid though. Uh, Peyton Pritchard is an absolute monster of a human being. Oh, but I can go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what is Peyton averaging? Twenty points, four boards, six assists, two steals. He leads the team in every statistical category except rebounds. Um, that's not even a joke. And so that's the problem, though. You can't be a one-man show in college basketball. Look at John Moran. He may have won one game with Murray State last year. Didn't get anywhere past that. Yeah, but although I, I – before we move on from that, I definitely got to add with Peyton Pritchard, he's been just downright unstoppable. I don't know if you were watching the Washington-Oregon game. Mm-hmm. They were down in overtime. They somehow washed – what is it? Came back, I believe – a 17-point deficit. They were down 17 at half. Made a huge comeback. Forced overtime. An overtime, what is it, five seconds left. Peyton Pritchard pulls up from way beyond the arc. Splashes it in front of the Washington guys. And that ended up being the game winner. And that was just an unbelievable game. I understand they lost on Tuesday against uh, Washington State. But that was that, That's just shown basically the, the sum up of their entire season. They've been entirely inconsistent. And that kind of leads to some uh, some holes and some uh, things, some some red flags to where if they're gonna really be moving, if they're a real team and they really should be higher up there. But they, other than Peyton Pritchard, they have some guys around them, and hopefully, as as I'm an Oregon fan, I'll be biased, but hopefully they'll continue to keep this stretch going and maybe move up in the rankings. We'll see. We will indeed. All right, I want to touch real quick on two teams, Butler and Auburn. Number 13, number 16. Last week they were 4-5. and five. Do I need to say anything else? Um, Auburn had an absolute collapse and disaster this week. I don't know what the hell this team turned into in the past week. But apparently running into Alabama in a sport not named football still kills you. Um, Auburn, Alabama and Florida just absolutely destroyed Auburn and made them look like fools. Went from 4-16, to 16, have now lost back-to-back games in the SEC, and have really fallen out of much contention in this conference. And that really goes to show how quick you can die in college basketball, right? And heading into this weekend, Samir Doughty was their best player, averaging around 17 points. Scored a combined five points in their past two games. Can't do that if you want to win. Now he's only averaging 14 and a half. Yikes. Yeah, before you before we move on, I just want to let you know, Auburn was undefeated. They were the only yeah, other team I forgot about that. undefeated with San Diego State. They lose two straight, and now they drop 12 spots, and they're on the downfall, and they got to find a way to pick themselves back up as they continue to move on if they want to stay in this top 25. I would agree. Any other team you want to touch on before I want to head to the, what the Big Ten has turned into another disaster. But is there anything you want to – Real quick touch on. Another big thing with Butler. Mm-hmm. Butler having two straight losses. We already told you about Seton Hall beating mm-hmm. them by eight in a great game from him. But yeah. Butler losing at home. And then they go travel to DePaul, who they we were just killed. complaining about DePaul. They get killed. They lose by 13 yeah. to DePaul, who was before that 0-4 in their, in their conference. They have been – They what is it? Us being from Illinois, we were hoping that DePaul would be uh, – Doing a lot better, but they did they not come out. They were 12-1. They were 12-1 out of, con- out of conference. Yeah. So, you we never were, know. We were hoping that they'd be coming out strong. They could not. And somehow they were able to beat Butler. And that's two straight losses. And that's like two strikes. One more and you're out, basically. Yeah. And these teams, Butler and Auburn, have to be careful or they're me on their way out. All right. 
the, uh, buckle up because I'm about to talk about what has turned into the Big Ten. <laughs> um, and it's nothing against the teams we're about to talk about. Well, maybe there's a couple. But we now have four, five teams ranked in the Big Ten. I'm going to list them off, and then you're going to look at me and laugh. We start with Michigan State. All right, we're fine so far. Maryland, that's a stretch. Iowa, basketball. I mean, they do have Luka Garza. That kid's a beast. Um, <laughs> Illinois. Yeah, Wait you heard that right. Go fighting Illini, baby. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights are at number 24. <laughs> what? Where do they come from? I mean, Rutgers is just sitting here as the laughing stock of the Big Ten for years. And they come in here, they're 14 and 4, 5 and 2 in conference. And it's Michigan State, Illinois, and Rutgers as your top three Big Ten teams. Uh, Michigan State is fine, but Illinois and Rutgers? Uh, congratulations. Uh, look at these two. Illinois and Rutgers have been the two teams that everybody looks at like, who? you exist? Yeah, who? <laughs> you guys are in the Big Ten? <laughs> Illinois kind of has been a staple here, but they've been ass. And then Rutgers came in, what, was it 2012 maybe? Maybe earlier than that. And if you look at the teams they've beaten, it's a pretty, pretty good schedule here. I mean, the only teams they've lost to are Illinois twice, um, Pittsburgh, ACC team, and then first game of the season, St. Bonaventure, which is a team in the Atlantic 10. They're pretty good. But, I mean, they beat Michigan State. I know they didn't. They haven't played Michigan State yet. I apologize. They beat Seton Hall. Uh, they beat Penn State. They beat the three ranked teams. The other one was Ohio State. So, I mean, they've got the resume. I'm just not really sure how long this lasts. Yeah, it's this entire Big Ten division is literally, if, if you think from the college football side, it's an ent- you just take their, ent- like, how everyone yeah. finished in the division, flip, flip it, it. One, hit, take a hit 180 real quick, because all these teams are, like, dead last and barely won any games football-wise. And then all of a sudden, magically in their basketball program, surprises everyone. I mean, can we take a moment to mention that Michigan was ranked, I believe, highest at two. I think they made it all the way I up. think it was four, maybe. It was it, two, three, four, somewhere way up there. They're not even close to being ranked. They just lost to Iowa, who Iowa is ranked. But they're losing teams like that. Michigan's this program has just gone to shambles since the start of the year. They just can't find a way to get it together. And if they continue this, they ain't going to make it to the March yeah, Madness. No, they will not. You know a team that is not going to make it either, Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. I mean, they were as high as, I think, maybe five or yeah, six. Yeah, bo- both of those teams. Just uh, yeah. <laughs> it just – I mean, it was an absolute disaster. And Ohio State's lost five straight. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's not even a joke. They lost five in a row, people. Um, all in the Big Ten, so they're out of the conference already. And they're dead. Because they can't pay, if they can't pick up the pace here fast, they have absolutely no chance. And I'm going to let you touch Mizzou Valley. I just want to give my shout-out to Northern Iowa if you want to say anything about them, too. <laughs> From the Missouri Valley, you mm-hmm. talking about? Northern Iowa, yep. baby. Northern Iowa. The, this is huge, for, in my opinion, for us, what is it, Missouri Valley fans. I mean, yeah. like I said, I'm going to be more biased because I have my brother that goes to Illinois State. So. First team in the conference. Yeah, s- sadly, but they did beat Northern, <laughs> they're the only team that's beaten Northern Iowa. So <laughs> That's true as well. Yeah, somehow Northern Iowa lost Illinois State, but th- that's and that is their only loss so far. <laughs> is it? A, I think they have. Do they have two or, or like, is it not, just not one? Over, overall in the conference wise? Okay. It's their only loss in the conference, but Northern Iowa they're slowly but surely making their way up. They got 42 votes this time. 
I believe, fourth compared to all the other teams. They're even higher than Ohio State. <laughs> yes, they are. So, Northern Iowa is the best team out of the Missouri Valley. They've been great over the last few years, and it's finally great to see that they're slowly making their way up to maybe a March Madness t- thriller, March Madness team. Might give uh, us Northern Iowa people, might get a higher seed in March Madness, which would be a lot better as we've gotten the uh, 15, 16 seeds. I mean, we had 11 with uh, Sister the Lyle. Jean. Sister Jean. <laughs> Sister Jean, Ohio Wildcats, or God, Wildcats, Ramblers, Ramblers, Ramblers who uh, made all the way to the <laughs> <laughs> made all the way to the Final Four. But we'll, if uh, Northern Iowa can maybe live up to Loyola's expectations, probably not because that was well, that's a once in a lifetime thing. But just seeing them this high in the rankings is great to see, and I hope that they continue. Even though I'm not much of a Northern Iowa fan, since they're kind of a rival of Illinois State. I'm still proud of them for making it this far, and great to see that, that they're there. A couple of the teams I want to mention real quick that did not quite make the rankings this week. All the teams that received votes that really everybody's like, who are they? I'll give you a quick synopsis. Um, we already talked about Northern Iowa. Liberty is 19-1, and ladies and gentlemen. 19-1. and They have won 15 straight games, dominating the Atlantic Sun Conference. They will be up there soon. Uh, we already talked about Duquesne last week. They're still on fire. East Tennessee State. You know, the Southern Conference always has somebody. Furman, Wofford, UNC Greensboro. This year, East Tennessee State. And then lastly, even Harvard has a vote. I know, one vote. Look at that. Harvard's Who, got a vote in here. Who's Mr. Biased over here voting for Harvard? <laughs> Probably somebody in the Ivy League. Yes. Um, Wichita State, rough week. They're dropped out of the wankings. Uh, Michigan, we already talked about. Ohio State, too. Creighton, well, they were barely hanging on, and then when you lose two straight games, that'll effectively kill any chance you had of staying in the rankings. And then the Arkansas Razorbacks got votes. What Are the Power Five conferences just a 180 flip of college football? Uh, honestly, what is going on? I mean, the SEC's got Auburn, Kentucky. Well, Kentucky's terrible in football. Um, am I wrong? I don't think so. Uh... <laughs> Any other SEC teams up here? No, the highest-ranked SEC team is Kentucky at 15. Not been a good year for the SEC, huh? Um, Let's see. Any other teams we should co- – did we talk about Dayton yet? I don't think we talked about Dayton no, we, yet. No, we, we skipped over Dayton. Dayton's been on the rise. They're on the rise in a non-Power 5 conference at 16-2. and two. They're, they're very good. That conference is really good, too. You usually probably see two or three teams in the Atlantic 10 get in. Dayton, Duquesne, and don't sleep God, on. Duquesne, you're still still on Duquesne. <clears throat> well, look at look at the way they've been playing. I mean, I'm I wouldn't be on the riding Duquesne's bandwagon here if I didn't genuinely think they were good, and I think they are. I think they've got a lot of good young talent. Most of the kids they have are freshmen, and this team is balling out. So when they make the tournament and win their first couple of games, don't be the one who's uh confused. All right, all right. I'll take your word for that. Now, granted, if you look at the teams they've beaten in the Atlantic 10, I mean, they really don't have much of a resume. But have they beaten any ranked teams? Have they played a ranked team? Uh, Drum roll, please. They uh, played Dayton. That didn't end well. But uh, (laughs) uh, they played Dayton. Um, The other one loss or one of the two losses? They're both two loss, yeah. Uh, Dayton is 16-2. Duquesne is 15. Oh, wait a minute. They didn't play Dayton. They're 5-0 in conference. You know what? I'm confused now. Um, all right. Last one I think we're going to talk about here. I want to get real quick on to 
the, what's the other Power Five conference? ACC. That was yes. who I was going to talk about. All right. You don't see anybody in the ACC now except for Duke, North Carolina, Louisville. They're yes. your normal staples. I just one, want, one of those uh, doesn't really stick out this year. One of year. those doesn't really stick out this year is they now are officially dead last in the ACC. They were tied for last. Now they're just straight up dead last. North Carolina, the UNC Tar Heels are literally hell on wheels. One in five in conference. Eight in nine. How does Roy Williams walk into that building every day and not feel like a complete dumbass? Um, Norder, when you are worse than Wake Forest in Georgia Tech, and Ethan's cringing heavy. Oh my god! But, oh oh wow. my god! <laughs> really? That's the excuse. Oh, and Pittsburgh. But <laughs> I forgot Pittsburgh existed. To be completely honest with you. But if you look at the entire ACC, it's a complete disaster outside of Florida State, Louisville, and Duke. I forgot about Florida State. Um, you're going to have probably three or four teams in the ACC get in. Florida State, Louisville, Duke, Virginia, and uh, NC State. I don't think anybody else is going to get in. You sure about that? <laughs> Syracuse doesn't have the resume. Pittsburgh certainly doesn't. Notre Dame does, never will. Miami, no. Wake Fort, yeah, I'm not even going to explain that one. Georgia Tech, nope. Boston College, no. Clemson, no. And then North Carolina, definitely not this year. Nope. <laughs> they have the worst conference record and the worst overall record apart from Georgia Tech. So, it, what a disappointment. And Roy Williams has got to be kind of in a state of shock almost. After, after dominating for so many years. Yeah, his uh, his job is not really secured this year. There's been talks of him yeah. getting fired, so mm-hmm. things aren't looking the greatest for that program, all because of uh, Anthony got injured. But Yeah, Cole Anthony got hurt, and that really killed them. All righty, so moving on from the men's basketball, we've talked about it for enough. We'll move to some uh, some other big news, which is happening tomorrow. Zion Williamson yes. is playing his first game in, in the NBA. Cannot wait for that. Uh, yeah, uh, 8.30 p.m. Set your DVR. Well, if you're watching from anywhere. <laughs> DVR. 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Set it to record. 9.30 Eastern, if you're watching from, like, New York or something. But, oh, I am so excited. This is what we've been waiting for for a long time. This kid in the preseason looked excellent. People want this Pelicans team with Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball. <clears throat> Remember Jackson Hayes out of Texas? Was it Texas that he came from, right? Yeah, I believe so. And so, I mean, you got a lot of young kids on that team. Drew Holiday, still the big role player and their veteran leader. This team, if they can get their young pieces together, will be a title contender in a couple of years. If Zion doesn't turn into Greg Oden. But, and for those of you who don't know Greg Hoden, here's your, like, 15-second history lesson. First pick over Kevin Durant in the 2007 NBA draft. Played three seasons because he didn't have any knees. All right, there you go. That's your history. <laughs> um, Zion doesn't have any knees either. Uh, already needed surgery. And, and he didn't even play a single game in the regular season. Not yet. So, hopefully. Prayers out to him. Hopefully he yeah. stays healthy. Don't turn NBA, into Greg Oden, kids. Yeah, the NBA needs it. <laughs> yeah, the NBA really needs it. They, they collect revenue off this kid. Everybody's really hoping that he can be that next big thing. But there's the big primary concerns. The man's six foot seven, 285 pounds. Boban Marjanovic is seven foot four and isn't even that heavy. 
Now, granted, Boban Marjanovic is like a stick, but <laughs> I, all height, no weight, which is the complete opposite of Zion. No height, all weight. Built like a defensive tackle, from the, give him a comparison. You seen him throw a football too. I mean, that makes he sure could play. launch it. It's better than Blake Bortles. Um, if you look at just everything on, on this pedigree for Zion Williamson, all the stats, all of the physicality he can play with. We're waiting to see how that translates to the NBA, and we're also waiting to see if his knees can survive a game. Honestly, I'm, this isn't a joke. This is a real concern. Yeah. It, I mean, he, it's, he survived somewhat in college when he played at Duke. Blown shoes. Yes, speaking of Duke, he actually said, I'm pretty sure he came out with a statement saying he wished he stayed for one more year there, I believe, because he, he's, he's already having knee trouble and yeah. things are going wrong, and... Oh, he, his quote is that he says that what is it coach k the uh duke's head coach said he probably would have or he believed that he wouldn't let him come back to the program because he was so, such nba ready and that's the whole goal of the college people to get him nba ready for the star players at least and even though <laughs> and coach k probably would have said i i personally if i was Zion, i probably would have stayed at least because with all the knee problems that he's been having Take one more year before you go into professionals. Here's the thing. The knee problems really didn't pop up until after he got drafted. And they popped up in the NBA Summer League. They popped up big time in preseason. Nobody really knew anything. It wasn't an issue because I don't think it was a knee injury with the blown shoe, was it? I think it was like an ankle or a foot. Nope. I don't remember precisely what it was. Something along those lines. (laughs) So I'm trying to figure this out. Zion Williamson blows shoe, and all I have is 20 pictures. It was, um, I believe it was a sprained knee is what they diagnosed him with. Duke Zion Williamson blows out his shoe, injures knee. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, it, is a, it was a knee, but it was the other knee. Oh, that's even worse. Um, <laughs> Blake Griffin and Greg Oden are sitting in silence right now at home realizing that they're not alone because this kid will I, – I, I'm giving him 10 years max. The way he plays, too. I mean, the man could – this is why we had Shaq come in early, because this guy would have broken a ton of rims already. Um, seriously, the way he plays, you do not want to be against that man. Hopefully, hopefully he has a good night. I'm rooting for him. Don't forget to set your DVRs. Yes. All right. Moving on from that, we'll, we'll still stick in the NBA. There was a huge performance, I don't know if you saw, from the uh, Portland, Tra- Portland Trailblazers. Damian Williams with 61 points, setting the franchise record. For the Portland Trailblazers, what a night for him. Just amazing. This is what happens when you play the Golden State Warriors without Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, and um, Andrew Bogut. Completely different starting five for the Warriors this year than they had last year. They have no defense. And when Damian Lillard comes in here as the point guard playing against a six foot one undrafted guy who's been in the G League for four years, Kai <laughs> Bowman, um, you're not going to get anything done. I. Wave the, red, <laughs> wave the red flags. Not only that, he got 10 rebounds, and the man's 6. What is he? 6'2". Six, 6'2", six and the man's going for 61 points, 10 boards, 7 assists. He oh, like, my he, God. Yeah, only, only uh, what is it? Only, what is it? 33 points of those, it says 61, were three-pointers. So he was going layup, 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 Attacking the basket. Dunk, dunk, dunk. Man could dunk too, and the, the kid the kid is an all around player. He, the big problem and why a lot of people don't really trust him, I guess, in a sense, is that the man doesn't know what the word defense means. Truly, he doesn't. I'm sorry, Dame. Love you though. But um, 
this Portland team, apart from Damian Lillard, has really been disappointing this year. On really, on another note, I think they're twelve and twenty. They're not good. You know, it's like it's better than that. It's not twelve and twenty. Um, Western Conference, yeah, I, I nineteen and twenty-six. Um, not in the playoffs at the moment. They're worse than the Grizzlies. That's it's not good. You know, you got C.J. McCollum, Carmelo Anthony. Really weird seeing him in a Trailblazers uniform. Still, still can't get used to it. Hassan Whiteside played for the Heat. Yeah, you probably don't know who that is. That's okay. <laughs> but eh, I know who you're talking about. There's not a lot of talent outside of that on this team. It, there just isn't. Damian Lillard can't do everything. And if they figure out a second score, which is I think why the Lakers get Anthony Davis too. Mm-hmm. They're like, LeBron can't do everything, brings in Anthony Davis. And so I think teams are starting to figure out that uh, one-man shows don't work, and I think the Bucks learn the hard way on that, on that too eventually. But Yeah, going back to uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, though, what you just taught, made fun of LeBron, they just got creamed last night mm-hmm. against the Celtics of all teams. Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of – Issues there as the Giants just hired some Patriots defensive line guy. Anyway, <laughs> just sorry, that just popped up. The Lakers, the big issue here is when this team is not at full capacity. What I mean by that is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, and Dwight Howard. If that five, if just one of those players is not healthy, bye-bye, you're done. Out of here. Good night. Um, and with Anthony Davis returning from a shoulder, what was it, a shoulder injury? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. injury. And he played only 23 minutes and scored a measly nine points for a superstar like that. Yeah, yeah that, that, that cannot be done. And your team is going to lose every game, and your leading scorer is JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I want to give credit, though, to Celtics. Jason Tatum, this kid's turning into a young star in front of our eyes. I remember watching him at Duke, and I knew that kid was going to be a star one day. Gordon Hayward. Man, that knee injury a couple years ago was brutal. Really nice to see that he's finally playing. At a better level. Um, well, yeah. They've been playing great, and I don't know if you know this too. I mean, uh, Jalen Brown took the life of uh, LeBron, LeBron James, James. too. <laughs> took the life of that. I mean, when you're getting dunked on that hard, that kind of sums up if the Lakers really win or not. They only have nine losses, and that's probably who can't come during uh, when they <laughs> one of the players, basically LeBron or Anthony Davis, have not been on point. Yeah, and, or not and in still, there. Yeah, and still <laughs> they lead the division. By Damn. four wins compared to anyone else next. Denver Nuggets. Mis- yeah, his my team. Matthew the Ponder. Jo- the Joker. Ponder's favorite team. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And I want to talk real quick as we're while we're in this conference about one of the biggest surprises all year, at least for me, Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. Um. Apparently, John Morant does fix everything. Uh. Last year, this team was absolutely horrific, and I wanted to close my eyes any team they were on television. Anytime, not every, not any team. I can't speak English. But John Morant, if you look at this on paper, you're like, who the hell are these people? John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and you're already like, who the hell's that? Um, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Jonas Valanciunas, who's on the Raptors, and Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark's from Gonzaga, though. Yep. That's really the only good piece they got. But this team, you look at it like, uh, what are they, like a 15 seed? No, they're 20 and 23 and a eight seed with John Morant already winning. He's already won the rookie of the year. Where's the trophy? Do, 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 do. But, um. Well, that, that's if Zion maybe makes a comeback. You can't give up yet. Uh, yeah, no, he's not winning it. But because the way 
you really see Zion coming back and averaging like 22 points? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Not at all. He's lucky if he plays 22 minutes. Um, yeah, I think the Grizzlies are definitely a team. But I can't see Lakers-Grizzlies first round, and I don't want to see that. I really don't. Does anybody want to see the Grizzlies get swept in the first round by like 30 points a game against the Lakers? At least we might get one John Morant dunk. Lakers win in five. No, no, Grizzlies win in five. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, the Titans are in the NBA. Um, but because everybody's like, oh, my God, the Lakers are unstoppable. Who's going to stop LeBron and AD? And then a team comes out of Derek nowhere. Henry. Yeah. And then a team comes out of nowhere. John Morant says, yeah, I'm existing. And then goes off for like 40 a night. And the Lakers are just standing here like, what? It can happen. You never know. And I don't. I hope that the Nuggets don't deal with that. I don't want to say that Mr. Biased over here. Well, excuse me, but uh, before last year, we had three straight seasons of being the nine seed. How do you think I feel? But finally have a good team. I'll, I'll say that. Last finally thing. a team yeah. that I like and that I can uh, – it's actually good. Yeah. We'll, Rough life. All right, go ahead. <laughs> one more team we'll bring up before we uh, skip away from the NBA. Uh, the Miami Heat, the biggest oh, surprise. Yeah. You were talking about the Grizzlies are the biggest surprise team. The Miami Heat – Compared to last year, it's just t- their team is just unstoppable. They've looked like they've been playing. New jerseys, gotta love those oh, jerseys. Oh, those jerseys are the best in the NBA. Oh my right god! Right now, the, just saying the, it right now. The light blue and pink just go amazing together. Mm-hmm. And then who also goes well together? Butler, Hero, Nun, Ed- Edaboye. Oh my god! Edaboye, <laughs> it's Edaboye, but that's okay. Edaboye. Oh shoot! Edaboye. Make, <laughs> make fun of me all you want. I can't pronounce this. That's okay. I mean, I can't really pronounce most of the names in this list either. Yes, but. Uh, just amazing. Yeah. One of the teams here, not one of the teams, we're talking yeah. about the Heat, but really the biggest surprise, I'm sorry, John Rant really isn't the biggest surprise. He's good. Um, raise your hand if you knew who Kendrick Nunn was before the season started. Nobody's raising your hand. Don't do it. You Andre- didn't know who this was unless you're his family. If you're watching, your, son, your, uh, your son's really good. But Kendrick Nunn turned in, came into, as this, into the season as the who the hell are you guy. And now is the, oh, my God, you might want to guard this guy, guy. <laughs> and Kendrick Nunn has possibly been the biggest surprise the NBA's seen. In a while. It, I'm trying to find a good comparison. Biggest surprise since uh, Donovan Mitchell is not even. I don't he, know. He, he was a higher. He was a, he was a higher pick. Kendrick Nunn didn't even get drafted, people. Yes. <laughs> um, he was undrafted and is legitimately right in the race for rookie of the year, which is ridiculous. Um, averaging 21 points. Two boards, three assists, not really much of a passer, are you? But you, look at the team. None. And then Duncan Robinson, too. I forgot this guy. This oh, kid yeah. was from Michigan. <laughs> the, also, nobody knew who this was before the mm-hmm. season started. And now Burn he leads time. the league in three-point percentage. So, this is crazy. <laughs> this team really just came out of nowhere. You're right. I, they probably have been the biggest surprise all year. But let's not forget that Jimmy Butler came here in the offseason. He, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He came to the right team. Everybody in this starting lineup has improved a much from last season because I didn't even know where Kendrick Nunn went to college. Did anybody else know where he went to college? <laughs> um, figuring this out, Kendrick Nunn, college. Anybody got a guess? Think about it now. Scream into our little podcast while well, I guess. My Oakland. guess. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I know. I, it, it, uh, it, yeah, it is. It's Oakland. I have it pulled up. <laughs> Oakland. Uh, University. That's not even – they didn't even make it the March Madness. Horizon talking. League, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. 
But the fact that he's starting over Goran Dragic, who is one of the best point guards the Heat have seen in wow, a long time since Tim Hardaway. Um, yeah, I, I would say that this has been probably... I mean, when you're starting over Dragic, you're clearly doing something right. One of the things that baffles me from this whole team, uh, Dion Waiters is now the fifth-string shooting guard. That's bad. <laughs> too many off the field issues, too much weed. But what? I mean, it's true. Hey, facts um, don't lie. Facts don't lie. This team just looks really good top to bottom. I mean, their entire starting five is different than last year. Yeah, 100%. It took, it took one Jimmy Butler and a bunch of nobodies, and this team is now second. Pam Adebayo entire... wasn't necessarily a nobody. He was just a developmental piece, I think, that this team drafted. But, yeah. but he wasn't on the team. So. Oh, no, Adebayo right. was on the team. Or, I mean, like, he, he wasn't a starter last year. That, that's really what I meant to say. He played 80 minutes. But <laughs> just a surprise. Surprise across the board. All right. Is there anything else you would like to cover before we... One last thing really yes. quick. Luka Doncic should win MVP, but he's not going to. All right, we're done. <laughs> It, oh, my goodness. He's ridiculous this year. I don't know where he came from, but that Mavericks team is too much fun to watch when he's on the floor. Came from Europe? <laughs> he came from Slovenia. All right. All but right. now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just to take a breather. Nothing else we got to add, so we're probably going to take this to the end of our podcast. A quicker one, but we got got covered a lot of good stuff and definitely will be here as – our, uh, on our terrific Tuesday. It's been great. Thanks for tuning in to everyone on this WCAT Live for our fifth episode of our Just Talking About Sports. I'm Ethan. And I'm Matthew Posner. Have a good night, everybody.